then you accept the possibility that belief in God is a lie? I don't think about it, actually. And I don't think that it can be proven. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And we return with the season four finale, season four, episode 24, Gethsemane. This aired May 18th, 1997. It was written by Chris Carter, directed by R.W. Goodwin. You know the score by this point. Even though I was surprised Frank didn't help write on it, Mm -hmm. but Chris and R. W. Goodwin. Yeah, that's every season opener finale. Did you notice that like half the writer's room are now producers on this episode? The producer credits were like hilarious. (laughs) Yes. It's interesting because like that is something with now that network Mm -hmm. shows aren't as popular. That pipeline of like getting in a writer's room getting producer credits, like mm-hmm. getting to go to the set when your episode's being pro- like shot. Uh, that That's all like not. They write the episodes way ahead. They shoot yeah. them, they edit them before they even come out. <laughs> so yeah, like all of the writers, like all the staff writers getting producing credits, like getting the extra money, getting that extra experience. Like yeah. it was like very much like an apprenticeship. And now it is less so. They're not editing it up to two days before like Chris Carter. <laughs> yep, that's what he did <laughs> for this. <laughs> I love the perfectionist vibe of Chris of like re-editing it two days before it airs. Like that man's nuts. <laughs> Truly insane. <laughs> the episode for those who were not raised in a Christian household, that is the garden Jesus was uh, arrested at. Mm-hmm. That's the significance. It's a very religious episode. I kind of loved it. Yeah, it's where um, Judas betrays Jesus. Yes, Judas. Who is the Judas here? Is it Scully, I guess? Is this where um, we're positioning it? I feel like it's a red herring for Scully to be Judas. I feel like that's what they want us to believe, but yeah, I, I just, I don't buy it. <laughs> you can't trick me, Chris Carter. <laughs> yeah, and other interesting tidbits I learned... So David Duchovny's, he, the book I read referred to Teo Leone as his secret fiance. I guess they didn't go public, but like a week after this finished shooting, they got married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we are entering David Duchovny wife guy era, which <laughs> I have opinions about because, I mean, he's technically a wife guy in that he won't stop talking about his wife, but he's not a wife guy in the sense that I, I do think he cheated on her. Oof. So <laughs> yikes. He's he's got like half of the wife guy understanding. <laughs> he forgot the second part about like actually loving your wife. The more important part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone could talk about their wife. <laughs> right. Uh also, so with season five, they they started filming the movie like a couple weeks after this, giving them like no wow. time off. And so they shot the movie. Also kind of during, I think, the first part of season five. So, like, there are episodes where, like, Mulder's barely in it or Scully's barely in it because, like, they're shooting the show in Vancouver, having to fly to Los Angeles to shoot the movie. 
Like, <laughs> who's kind of that? Like, um, no wonder David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson hated each other. Right. <laughs> the, by the time they finished that, like, that's so much time to spend with each other. So much traveling. That's one hell of a production schedule, too. Like, to have your stars yeah. going back and forth that much. Plus, yes, like, yes. they have families. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's really brutal. Like, that's the part of, like, the 20 episode seasons. Well, the bit problem more was, like, these were, like, 24 episode seasons. Like, mm-hmm. tw- not, like, tw- I don't know. I feel like four episodes is a big difference. That's, like... Yeah. I think they take, like, a two weeks or a week and a half to shoot every episode or something. So mm-hmm. that's, like, eight to six to eight weeks. So, like, that's not nothing. Right. But, yeah, absolutely brutal. <laughs> I'm not saying it excuses David Duchovny's behavior, but it does add some context to it. Right, right. But the plot of this episode, Mulder gets a taste of possible evidence of alien life, but Scully tries to convince him it's a hoax. And it's all been a hoax after she meets and talks with a DOD employee, Michael Critchgow, played by John Finn. The plot is pretty much how most of the myth art goes, so Mm -hmm. I won't, like, there's nothing really to explain. Let's be real. <laughs> what what do we learn in this episode? Nothing. Maybe Mulder's whole crusade and whole life has been a lie. Who knows? Also, if we can like very quickly jump ahead, just because it's like the cliffhanger of the episode, is that Scully tells the committee that like Mulder died by suicide. It doesn't work, obviously, because we know they're like how many more seasons? Right. Seven. <laughs> Does it work? Because we know there are seven more seasons. And two movies. And two movies. But also, I think if I was watching this when it aired, I'd be like, y'all are not going to kill him off. Like, don't Absolutely play with not. me. This doesn't work. Like, I feel like when you do that, when, like, there is no real tension, it's just like you're just making your audience wait to right. like see what the hook is. It's kind of annoying because it's not as good as in kind of like previous season ending cliffhangers where like Mulder's life is in danger and it's like, oh no, mm-hmm. did he survive that or not? This is kind of like, I don't think anyone believes that he killed himself and yeah. it just feels like a really annoying like ploy by Chris Carter and it's like, yes. no, you can't trick me. <laughs> He's just, he's just like looking at deadlines coming up. He's like, okay, what did I write in the past? Like Mulder and danger. Right. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> just to dive right in. We, we open and there is the TV is on. And I think Mulder, I don't can't remember if Mulder's in this part or not, or if it's just TV's on, but, um, we're watching uh, this Boston University Symposium from 1972. According to the mm-hmm. X-Files, I watched like a a highlight and it said it was 1975. So I honestly don't know when this actually happens. <laughs> Probably 1975, I feel like, would be more accurate than the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> this is the National Archives. So it's like, I think they just did the highlights because it was only like a 30 minute video mm-hmm. on YouTube. but. It was interesting, but the symposium was at Boston University, hosted by Boston University slash NASA, uh, Symposium Life Beyond Earth and Mind of Man. (laughs) That's some 70s shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So they're talking about the real possibility of alien life, 
and the possibility of contact, etc. But Mulder's apartment is actually like full of cops. So this is just like playing. Mm-hmm. And Scully comes in and she's asked to identify a body and she says, yeah, it's Mulder's. The cop goes, it him? <laughs> like very just like not nice. Or just being like, yeah. <laughs> she's just <laughs> like, go. yeah, bye. <laughs> Which is honestly our first tip off, you know, like right. the Scully wouldn't act like that. No. But we don't see the body. We just see Scully ID it. Scully enters this big FBI office. It's very weird. It it doesn't look like an FBI. Like there's what no is- like fluorescent lighting. It is like weirdly lit. I was about to say, what's with the lighting, this lighting of this table? <laughs> like it's very good soft light. Like Jillian looks gorgeous mm-hmm. in it, but it just mm-hmm. does not fit like an actual, I feel like, deposition room. She's kind of giving a deposition here or a report. No. It doesn't fit. It it honestly kind of looks like a shady back room. Yeah. You know, like it really feels like a conspiracy-esque. This episode is like kind of hard to follow sometimes. Like it's like, how did yes. we get here? Why are we here? I don't know yet, but I'm here. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, Scully, can you just like fill us in on what happened? And she like literally is like, Four years ago, I was I was tasked with debunking Mulder, and I like audibly groaned. I was like, "We are not doing this again, Chris." <laughs> oh yeah, no, of course. We How are. many times do we have to do this? He he had to write a season finale, and he didn't know what to do. So this is all of his reused material. <laughs> yeah, she's just gonna buy time. She's just like the dictionary yeah, anyway. defines the X Files. <laughs> Yes, uh, and so she's like, I'm here to report that everything Mulder says in the X-Files is wrong, he's been misled, and he's he's a victim of his hopes and beliefs, and yada yada yada. She does it really well, but that's the gist of it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, like this is at least new ground for the X-Files, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving me something new, Chris. Does it get executed well? No. Not really. No. But I do like, I will just say, we are entering Mulder's disbelief era. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of like it. Like, it's it's a bit fun. This this episode is very angsty, which is what oh it's good Oh, my God, at. I love the angst. But, like, and, that's kind yes. of all there is to it. The, yeah, like, the thing this episode really has going for it, not the plot. No. It's the characters. Mm-hmm. Mulder and Scully are looking incredibly hot, as yeah. usual. But, like, kind of up a little. You know, like, they're always like, hot, but, like... They're, like, at some of their peak hotness, though. They really are. They're, like, like her hair here... She's so is beautiful. so good. I, I love long hair Scully, but I love short hair Scully. Oh. Like, yeah. she looks incredible. I don't know. Short hair Scully just hits different. Yes! Like, it just... It suits her so well. It it's does. It's such, like, a girl boss look, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, affectionate. I don't... I don't know. Not girl boss derogatory. uh, Girl boss affection. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But like the character beats are just so good. Like setting aside the plot soup, like the character beats feel really well earned, I would say. Mm -hmm. So we have the credits and we get a new tagline because it is a mythology episode. And the tagline is believe the lie. Shut up, Chris Carter. It's it's. It's mid. 
Like, I don't hate it, but I hate it's it. kind of mid. <laughs> I really don't like it. I think it's dumb. <laughs> Come on, Chris Carter. Really? Like, no. Yeah, it is no apology as policy. Right. <laughs> For sure. Believe the lie just makes me roll my eyes. I just can't take it seriously. <laughs> Fair enough. I think it's just mid. I don't know what my least favorite one is. I'll have to actually consider it. Oh, yeah. We should. Um, That could be like we a should fun. Rank them. Yeah. Fun thing for a bonus <laughs> episode is to rank all the different taglines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Try to guess each other's like the newlywed game. <laughs> I do love that, honestly. So I have a nice helicopter shot of the St. Elias Mountains. It's not the St. Elias Mountains. It's actually. Uh, I forgot what it is. It's near Vancouver. Oh, what was it called? I did look this up because I was like, are they actually? And it was like, no, they're not. <laughs> it's Mount Seymour. Yes, Mount Seymour. I was like, I'll In recognize Vancouver. it when I see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was a nightmare to shoot because they kept getting like whiteouts and too much snow and everything. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but this is set in Mount the St. Elias Mountains in the Yukon ter- Provident- Territory Providence I don't, Territory? those might technically mean different things in Canada. I'm not 100% sure. They might mean the same thing. I don't know. But I'm going to be real. Like, this plot is so confusing that the guy, like, because there's two guys. There's Babcock and then the other guy. And we see him a lot. Like, first of all, I thought it was a second old white guy. Right. But it wasn't. It's the same one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think. I I'm, I might be tripping. I'm like, honestly, was like, I don't know what's, I don't know who this dude is. But like. The main guy, like, through most of the episode, I feel like they say his name, like, maybe three times, and I missed it, like, almost every single time. Yeah. So I will just be calling him, like, the other dude, or, like, the scientist. Like, he's not getting a name. I'm very no. sorry. I could have looked it up, but I chose not to, because that's how much respect I have for this plot. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> but this episode's very worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they're going to this mysterious site, and it's uh, an alien and ice. Ba ba ba. Okay, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not the desert, you know. We're changing biomes, right. so we're adding some new complexity to it. So the cave they built that this scene set takes place in is they built that, um, and it was. The Wikipedia article says like the most expensive set in the series, which I don't know if it's accounting for like the revival, which it probably is because I don't think anything that there is like that expensive. But they basically built this in like a refrigerated building and the temps were below 21 degrees Fahrenheit. So I think that's negative 29 Celsius. That's cold. Yes, yes. I think that the negatives, like Fahrenheit and Celsius, have like such marginal differences, probably because like water right. after it's frozen, it's like okay, yeah. So like definitely like negative, like the negative Celsius numbers are like not as cold like Fahrenheit. Um, but like at work, we have like negative twenty degrees Celsius like walk-in freezers, and like mm. they get freaking cold, especially like yeah. if um they're running a little bit colder and they're hitting like negative 24 negative 25 like you can tell the difference God. that is freaking cold yeah that's that's how cold the set was and so they basically you know they built all this like lumber frame and uh covered it in ten thousand square feet of styrofoam 
And then that's a uh, I think just spray a bunch of water to freeze is a lot of styrofoam. And they had two prop alien blocks in the ice, like alien bodies in the block of ice. And um, one of them exploded because it was so cold. That's hilarious. So, like, they had to use the second one, which I think was the one they made to be like dipped in water. And so it was like built a little different. And it's just like, good lord. What a mess. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it does make the episode more convoluted than it needs to be. Where we're mm-hmm. kind of jumping timelines. We have the one where Scully is present day talking to this panel. And she's kind of recounting the previous, however much time is a couple days or however long this timeline is. It's not clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's not clear. So we'll have like Scully voiceovers or like cuts to the scene. Um, cuts to the investigative committee she's talking to. And then also what's happening in the past. And it's just, yeah, it's kind of a mess because it's like, it's not that it's unclear when it's the present because Scully is like in that one place at all mm-hmm. times, but it's just like, it's kind of muddled. Mm-hmm. So. Scully says Mulder was duped by this man he met recently, the aforementioned scientist who I never bothered to learn the name of, and she's here to expose the truth. Yeah, yeah okay, whatever. <laughs> I can't. I do not care about the plot. Yeah. <laughs> More importantly, there's a big fancy dinner at Maggie's. Mm-hmm. Big dinner Scully party. attended, and we finally meet in a scene that wasn't cut from an episode, Bill Jr., Played by Pat Skipper. And I do kind of like, I like their little banter as siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like some people might say that it's clearly written by someone who doesn't have siblings. But I I don't think so. Like, I don't know. I think calling your big bro, like, very sarcastic. I feel like Scully is calling Bill Jr. big bro, like, very sarcastically. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think it feels fine. <laughs> yeah, so I liked it. And, like, he does like a joke. He's like, my boat got stuck in traffic. And she goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> God, I hated that joke. That joke was like so lame. It's so like Navy yeah. dad lame. It's like, yes, ha, ha, ha. So funny. Your boat was stuck in traffic. <laughs> and Scully has the cool practice of someone who has heard that joke several times yeah. before. <laughs> like her whole life. But it's very cute. And then suddenly there's a priest and it's just. Goes downhill from there in a very Maggie Scully fashion. She has invited a priest to their dinner. Okay. Uh, Catholic much? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Big Catholic vibes. (laughs) Yeah. So Scully has to sit next to the priest because she is the reason the priest is here. Maggie is ambushing her own daughter who has cancer. And the priest is just like, you know, you can come back to the church if you'd like. You, I know you're having a health issue. And the acting Jillian is putting on, mm-hmm. like, amazing. <laughs> the way, like, her voice gets, like, an like half octave higher when she's telling him that, like, she doesn't, she has the support. She doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. And, and turning back to the church at this point wouldn't be true to herself. And, like, the fact that you could just tell she doesn't believe, like, she believes it in, like, that self-delusional way, but, like, mm-hmm. she just gives away the fact that she is deluding herself. Yeah. She's, like, telling herself what she needs to hear. hmm Exactly. And 
It's so good. It's so good. Luckily, she gets out of this awkward conversation because Mulder calls. And he's like, sorry. Like, first of all, calling her when she's like with family to like ask her to go to the Smithsonian to meet some crank. Like, that is so him. Yep. That tracks. <laughs> and then her going is oh, like yeah. absolutely unhinged. Yep. <laughs> That's how you know she's kind of spiraling. She is so down bad. Like, she literally leaves her family to go, like, with Mulder for something, like, not minor, but, like, something that probably could have happened, you know, the next morning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's just like, Chris, your mind. (laughs) I know you, you think they're doing this platonically. They aren't, but, you know, your mind for at least writing this. Sometimes I wonder whenever writers, but like especially men, say that like relationships like this are platonic. Like, have they ever had a platonic relationship with someone of the opposite sex? Because like that's not what they're like. <laughs> like, what are your platonic relationships like? Because I think that they might not actually be platonic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I could. I can kind of see it, but not really. Sometimes I'd be like, why does it? Why do I need to? Do- because if actually didn't even say, like, why do we need to do this right now? Like, right. why can't we just wait? Yeah, they don't... Like... Yeah, that's not how zero platonic... Zero pushback from her. Relationships work. <laughs> you don't just drop everything to go to the Smithsonian for some rando in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I love this, sh- this shot of the S- Smithsonian. It's kind of like there's a circular balcony... And so the camera's pointed down, framed by the balcony railing. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Super cool. And while they're saying, like, he should apologize to Bill and Maggie, like, first of all, Bill already hates you. There's no reason. To- no, your apology would do nothing. And second of all, like, I also don't think Maggie would blame you. Like, I'd sort of get the vibes that Maggie would blame Scully for yeah. going. Maggie seems <laughs> to be way more upset with Scully than Mulder right now. Yeah. And... Mulder and the guy are, like, completely vibing. Like, they're on the same level, and Scully is just kind of there. And it's just like, you left your mother's, like, dinner party for this. (laughs) At least there was wine at the dinner party. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And he tells him about the ice alien. And, um, you know, Mulder's a bit skeptical of the guy, and... The guy is like, you need this evidence. I just want the credit. (laughs) I need you to get it so we can validate it. Because otherwise, like, shenanigans would happen and it wouldn't get validated in Mm -hmm. the way that we need it to be validated. And so as we're leaving, we have, like, honestly, the backbone of this episode is just them, like, not exactly arguing, but kind of debating their whole deal, right? And I love it. I love when they have that kind of, like, repertoire back and forth and it's also like even better when like some like either of them were like a little bit pissed about the conversation Mm -hmm. which like well there is Mm -hmm. it adds a little flavor yeah a little spice yeah a little little spicy spice and (laughs) so mother's like what do you think and she's like i don't care either way honestly like this is your crusade it's not mine and he's like okay this isn't some selfish like quest of mine like this Mm -hmm. is important scientific discovery this would change, like, our whole concept of everything. And Scully's like, would it? I mean, you already believe it. <laughs> she has a point. She does have a point. 
And Mulder immediately, like, pulling the god card. Very him. And and I just love her. He's like, would it matter, like, if God could prove that it's real or, like, or even at the idea that God isn't real? And she's like, I don't think about it. I honestly don't care. And, like, she's right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, who cares? Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Like, it's a personal thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's, I don't know. It's kind of a tiring debate, I feel like. But... It's also so dismissive by her. I love it. She's like, look, I got other things going on. Of course, she doesn't tell him that her cancer has metastasized because Scully can't do that. Yeah. But you can tell tell she just like doesn't give any fucks anymore. And she's Mm -hmm. just like, she's just like, you know what? I'm not going to let you egg me on. Like, no, I don't care. Because like, there's nothing more annoying to someone who's trying to get a rise out of you than to just say you don't care. Mm -hmm. You know? Exactly. And Mulder says her tagline, which I wrote down in my notes because I didn't realize they were going to say the tagline like 10 times. They said it a lot. So I thought it was going to be special of him saying, believe the lie. And then like it got said like a minimum of 10 times after this. And I was like, okay, never mind. I don't care. (laughs) Mulder goes to Canada. Scully goes to look at the ice core samples they took from the alien. They need some time apart. They do. They really do. Even though I hate when they're separated, they do need it. Mm -hmm. And they're getting the alien out in the Yukon, and they find some holes that could be pore holes. It's kind of like it's like a mold. And some of them are like very dismissive, like Babcock the traitor is like, oh, no, it doesn't. Maybe it's not a mold. Maybe this is a real live alien. You, who, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not going to know it until we get it out. And it's like, okay. That's a real live okay, bleeping buddy. alien. <laughs> exactly. And S- Scully's looking at the ice cores. And um, I do think it's like interesting because I do know like scientists do study ice cores and can make conclusions about uh, past climate patterns. Mm-hmm. from ice cores and they can find like all sorts of things in the ice when it gets like uh frozen and suspended like particles and trapped things gas like that. and yeah and so it is like a super cool avenue yeah. of study that i feel like people don't really know that much about so i was kind of excited for that and then he's also like oh also there's like hybrid plant animal cells they're like chimera cells like what's that about that was so funny to me she's like well is it plant or animal and he was like i don't know and it's like I mean, you could figure it out. Like, you could figure it out. Like, one has a cell wall and one doesn't. (laughs) Pretty easy to tell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what does this chimera cell even look like? Right. And I feel like, I don't know. Cell wall with like a mitochondria or something. (laughs) Right. I feel like alien cells would be um, more like animal cells, right? Than plants. Yeah. But like, if we buy Kritschgau's explanation... They're just hybrid plant animal cells the government made to like sell their lie. Yeah. Uh, also, we haven't had this in a while, but Chimera, that's our FMA reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, this scene was just so funny to me. I was like, <laughs> this guy is just like, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I really want to look at them. Do you mind? She's like, go for it. I don't care. She's, like, actually interested in this. She's like, I don't care about the alien. I'm interested in these cells, though. I like how he wants to go so deep as to do, like, electron microscope on them, too. 
Like he needs to see those organelles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the people in the Yukon territory uh, all get shot. Like, who cares? Honestly, I did kind of like to like once you get the story, the story being like with these yeah hiker dudes. I'm like, okay, like I just wrote like, and then I just started blasting. <laughs> that's what it was like. It's like all of a sudden people are just being shot. Yes, and then. Mulder and the scientist guy are in Canada. Their guide's not there, so they just follow the tracks, and they start finding bodies. They're, like, mountain um, climbing also, in like, the dark, like, at night. You would die. Yeah. Him hiking down or them hiking up? Them hiking up, right? Didn't it get to nightfall whenever they, like, found the bodies eventually? Yeah, by the time they got there, it was nightfall. But I don't know, like, how soon it was. Like, if it was dusk or if it was, like, right. you know, It just, to me, like, night. that's just, like, so dangerous. I don't think you would ever yeah. mountain climb at night or even no. close. No, Mulder is not one for sense. Yeah. At this point, he probably like owns cold wear, like cold weather gear. But I do like the idea of him going to REI to like rent some. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'd be like, what? Do you, what do you need this for? Oh, just a trip go, out to the Yukon territory. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this frozen alien body, <laughs> and he's like, mm-hmm, 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 okay, okay, have a nice day. No, actually, knowing REI, like, maybe in the 90s, I don't know how many, like, hippies worked there, but, like, maybe he was, like, completely vibing with Mulder, and he's like, yes, absolutely, aliens are real. Probably. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scully goes back to talk to the other scientists. There are a lot of scientists. The scientists with the ice core. Some dude is there, and he has, like, one of the containers of the ice core, and he kind of just blows her off and leaves. And, like, he leaves the door open and, like, one of the ice cores, like, containers tipped over. And it's like, look, if you're going to steal, can you at least, like, keep it neat here? You know, like, right. that's such a bad uh, manners for, like, a science, like, a lab. Right. Like, extremely bad member manners. Like, he could be ruining so much, and not that he cares, but, like, he could be ruining, like, so many <laughs> other things than just those ice core samples. Like, at least, like, I don't know, close the refrigerator freezer door, you know? Exactly. She realizes and she goes after him. And then he like shoves her down a flight of stairs. And we do know that Critchgow knows that she has cancer. So he just like shoves a woman with cancer down a flight of stairs. Like, ow. Very messed up, yeah. dude. <laughs> and then she believes him later. Like, girl. <laughs> she, that's how you know she's just like mentally not in a good place. She's, yeah. She, you know what? Cat, Catholicism, I'm not going to say I'm a big fan, but maybe she does need it. Have we considered this? <laughs> you know? No judgment here, but it can serve a purpose. <laughs> yeah. God is telling you to stop following this man until you get healthy. <laughs> yep. Maybe after that, still not following. <laughs> yep. Uh, meanwhile... Mulder and the dude find all the dead bodies, and then Babcock is alive because he's in on it, so obviously he only, like, sort of got shot, and he was like, oh, don't worry, I, like, buried the body before, which, like, how? Right. You know, like, this is a big thing, like, did you get, sh- uh, whatever. It's also I'm like, not putting more thought into this, because Chris obviously didn't. <laughs> it's also, like, a big red flag, too, that he was like, oh, well, maybe this body might be in danger, so let me just precautionarily bury it it's like no you're in on it if you knew that this was going to happen because who's going to shoot a bunch of random hikers out in the Yukon territory 
Yeah, and also, like, how are you doing that by yourself? Yeah. Like, no. You had to have done this before you got shot. How did no one else say, like, hey, why are you, like, moving the body? <laughs> um, so many questions, so few answers. And you know what? Maybe it's for the best. Yeah. Scully, meanwhile, has is in the hospital because she did get shoved down a flight of stairs. And she had called her mom, I guess, to pick her up. I don't really know. Bill shows up instead of Maggie, and he doesn't tell Maggie that Scully got shoved down a flight of stairs. That's very... Okay, we're... I don't like Bill Jr., but we have not got to the part where he is annoying yet. Like, he's Mm -hmm. being a very good brother right now. Yeah. It's going to quickly turn, but... (laughs) Bill brings her an extra set of clothes. Very nice of him. And then he's like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And then him saying, I know about the cancer, mom told me. And and then Scully saying, I I didn't want her to tell you. And him being like, why not? And she's saying, because it's very personal about her cancer diagnosis to her brother. Wow. <laughs> like, this girl. Wow. She's losing it. It's one of those things where it's just like, okay, like you don't want anyone to know, but sometimes your family, like they kind of have a right to know because like, yes, ultimately it's your body and your health. But at the same time, like whenever you're dealing with something that's potentially terminal, it's like they're the ones that have to deal with everything after you die. Yeah. They kind of have a right to know about that. And to be prepared and to also, you know, like, they're a part of your life. hmm And you know Scully, like, wouldn't have told her mother if she didn't think she... Because she knew if she didn't tell her mother, she would get so much shit rightfully. Right. So she knew she at least had to tell Maggie. She still hasn't told Mulder. She didn't tell Bill. She told her mother and then was just like, that's that. <laughs> Girl. I I love her, but she's like certifiably not something. She's <laughs> like, like the way that she is so closed off is just like chef's kiss, but not also okay. like, oh my god, girl. <laughs> yeah, this is like the epitome of like her cancer depression. It is like not okay. She's like, it's fine. I'm dealing with it. It's fine. And, and then, Bill's like, you literally just got shoved down a slide of stairs. What are you working for? Right. Like, like you're sick. He's so based in this criticism, honestly. It's like <laughs> Yeah, like, what is she doing? Yes, yes, yes. points are raised. So I'm, like, with him, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, absolutely, Bill. Like, please some talk some sense into her. Like, you know Maggie probably doesn't want to because Maggie doesn't want to upset her. Your siblings can talk to you differently than your parents can. Exactly. And, like, Bill is pretty much the only sibling Scully has left. Like, mm-hmm. Melissa died, RIP. I miss her every day of my life. I know. We were robbed. Yes, like we should. We should be having a Scully. This should, this should be Scully and Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. Yes. Can you imagine Melissa taking care of her younger sister through her cancer diagnosis and how tender that would be? Yes. And she would give her some crystals. Yes. It would be a little new <laughs> agey, like, but like not too new agey. It would be so good. She'd be like, Dana, keep this crystal on you. It has healing powers. <laughs> She'd be like, you need to eat all of this organic food. I'm coming over. I'm going to make you a salad. <laughs> no pesticides, no chemicals, only organic. 
God, why did they kill her? Like, why did why did they do this to me? We can't have nice things, and it's because of Chris Carter. Yes, they they just they don't like they don't like to see women succeeding. Honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally, exactly. And Bill saying like, we don't just owe things to ourselves; we owe things to the people around us and the people mm-hmm. that love us. So I don't understand why you're working. Who are you doing this for? Mulder? This I love his this guy Mulder? <laughs> I know it's so good. Where is he? Where is he, Dana? Um, no big brother would like Mulder. I think that is like totally, totally realistic. Yes. Like yes. any yes. older brother would be like just hate him as a partner for their sister. Yes, exactly. So that tracks. And this is where it's like Okay, Bill, you might want to step back if you want to stay on mine and Scully's good stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I kind of see, I kind of see Bill's point there. Like, who is Mulder? Where is he? He's just thawing out an alien. Yeah, he's um, he just had to bring an alien body from the Yukon Territory to DC to a warehouse where they're doing an autopsy. Well, they got to thaw it out in warm water first, like um. Mm-hmm. I used to have a pet snake, and you feed snake like little frozen baby mice, and you have to thaw them out in warm water, and that's what the thawing out scene reminded me of, was feeding my mm-hmm. snake. <laughs> exactly. And Scully is getting fingerprints from the lab, because they're trying to figure out who shoved her down the staircase. Again, speaking of people I'm missing, mm-hmm. I miss Pendrel. I know. No reason to kill him off either. I know. He was so cute. We should we should have had this should have been Pendrel. No offense to the woman, the lab technician, but, but she's this no Pendrel. Yeah. She is no Pendrel. We know in another life it would have been. Yes. Yes. It would have been so cute. He she would have told him that about her cancer because he's a very supporting oh. like vibe. Like he has such and nice vibes. He'd be vibe so concerned like about her too. Mm-hmm. Yes. He would make her dinner or something. Yeah. He'd be like, let me take you out to dinner or let me cook you something. Yeah. I'm I'm just manifesting this. He's still alive in my mind. That was that was yeah. Pendrel. They had a very nice moment. <laughs> it was it was good. Scully is like, run that fingerprint against the federal database, and who pops up but a DOD employee named Michael Critchgow. The name is from a friend of Jillian Anderson's, which is kind of cool. Oh, cool. And also, it's a baller name. Yeah. The Expos has great names, honestly. It is a really good name. I also did think it was kind of funny that, like, this, like, worker didn't run the fingerprints through the federal database. <laughs> Just the criminal federal database, yeah. but not, like, the federal employee <laughs> database. Surely a federal employee wouldn't shove this woman down to the flight of stairs. Never. <laughs> I love the name Critchgow, but I did hate having to write it so many times because it is, like, so long yeah um otherwise i love it if i could i should have just started calling him k or something in my notes <laughs> but i really insist on typing out critchgow every time dedication Mulder studying the alien body still has not called scully so he is a lot more upset than i thought i feel like like he because he he should have been like hey scully i'm back in dc like that thing i was telling you about do you want to come to the warehouse nope <laughs> he's being petty he's he's being very <laughs> yes. passive aggressive right now annoying annoying and like scully is like full on like wall mode like mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's just like 
<laughs> They're both at their worst. Yeah, at kind moment. of. <laughs> it's just like, there's moments whenever they like really get along great, you know, and then this is just like the ways in which like they clash the most. Like, yeah, yeah. Just not functional at all. No, very, very uh, not synced up, not doing well. The dysfunction is high. <laughs> And that's why we love it. We love the angst. Yeah, it's very angsty. <laughs> I'm being fed as an angst fan. And the guy, I don't like this guy at all. His mask is awful. It's like barely not fits. doing anything. It's barely on his face. And it's just like so unfair that Scully doesn't get to do this autopsy. Like, she should be the one doing this autopsy. She would do such a good yes. job. Yeah, she would nail it. We'd get her voiceover the entire time, but otherwise we gotta listen to this dude who I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, alien autopsy, who cares? <laughs> Scully, meanwhile, is trying to catch Michael Critchgow because she wants to confront him and arrest him. He takes off running, and she, running after him in heels, uh, Mulder, you are nothing to her. Like, she... <laughs> This like whole like last third is kind of like Mulder's doing Scully stuff and Scully's doing Mulder stuff. It is it is a bit of a weird reverse. Like Scully is the one chasing after some random government dude and pointing a gun at him and mm-hmm. Mulder's at an autopsy. <laughs> yes. You know what? That really does kind of fit this whole episode's kind of role reversal in general with like yeah. painting the belief in alien life as the same as belief in God or, or mm-hmm. the belief in something cosmically bigger than ourselves, which, like, it honestly kind of is. And so, like, framing mm-hmm. Mulder, who is, like, a staunch atheist, um, <laughs> I don't know. We've watched some where he talks about religion, but some of the ones where he's more blatantly, like, God's not real, like, <laughs> all mm-hmm. that kind of nonsense. We haven't really watched, but he's not very kind about religion. And, like, I guess if I was, like, I get Mulder's point of view in that yeah. sense, because, like, his family seems very anti-religion. And also, like, he's such a nerd that, like... <laughs> his, yeah, his family also seems very, like, waspy, like, very, like, Protestant, whereas, like, Scully's definitely from a Catholic family, and, like, mm-hmm. it's both Christianity, but different, like... Mm-hmm. Some of those, like, Catholic traditions and that sense of family, I think, runs, like, a lot deeper than in Protestant households. Yeah, it's, the Mulders have big, like, mm, Christmas for sure, Easter Easter, maybe. Yeah, they're big, like, holiday Christians. Mm -hmm, And they're gonna go make an appearance in the community. Yeah. Kind of Christians. Yeah. And, like, also when you live in that dysfunctional one house, it's easy to imagine him just dropping that entirely. Right. Like, that whole facade. Because it's a facade to him a- and how he grew up. It would be just as, it would be a facade just as if, just as everything else about his life at that right. time was a facade. Yeah. Like, the happy family. Totally. The functional family. His father's mm-hmm. not even his father. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, like, Scully, who's, like, so close to her family. Mm-hmm. And... And her her religion has always been so important to her mm-hmm. throughout her life, including, like, being a scientist. So it's so interwoven to her DNA. Mm-hmm. To the point where she's like, I like I honestly don't give that much thought of whether God is, like, real in that, like, physical sense. Right. Because it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about, like, you know, having a guiding 
principle, not even principle, but just like a sort of a guiding force. Mm -hmm. Some sort of like organizational structure of your life in a kind of broad sense. Mm -hmm. Like in the same way that like, I don't know, you might organize your house. Like it's a way to organize your mind in a sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she is just... Kritchkow gets in his car and tries to go flee by car. She cuts him off and is just full on yelling. Like, I love when she yells, yells, you know, mm-hmm. like she is like absolutely pissed. She's livid. She, this is like the same volume and intensity of a yell as when she was confronting Louise Cardinal for like killing her sister. So, like, this is how important it is to her. And Kritchkow says, like, if you arrest me, they'll kill me. And it's the same men who gave you your cancer, which gives her pause. Meanwhile, Mulder is doing some very boring alien autopsy. I'm very uninterested. Mm-hmm. No offense to that man. I guess some offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Scully calls him to hear what Critchcow has to say. Again, it's that voiceover in the present day. And I kind of got a little confused and then I was like wait yeah. like this is her recounting and I'm like yeah. why why it was kind of confusing it was like wait <laughs> what is with this narrative structure <laughs> it's all over the place yeah it's just he's trying he's trying to do something different but like at the same time if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah and while Mulder leaves the scientist gets killed we find out Babcock was in on it and Critical tells Mulder in Mulder's apartment and I love how like we see Mulder and he has that kind of smug look so he's already got his wall up he's already Mm -hmm. prepared to not believe this man so of course he doesn't (laughs) and Critchkow says the belief in intelligent life is a hoax it's misinformation I know this because I worked in misinformation for DOD I can give you documents back e- going back to the Korean War. And Mulder is just like, you could have told me this four years ago. Yeah. He's like, well, my son is sick now, so I actually do want to rebel against him now. I didn't four years ago. <laughs> but what's even like shittier is like he says, um, he says, he tells Mulder like his whole like, life is a lie. Like, he said the regression hypnosis was done by them, mm-hmm. the belief that his sister was abducted right. by aliens. All of that stuff was, like, planted by them, and it's like... He takes it really yeah, far. Yeah, I don't really blame Mulder for, like, not believing this dude, because it's, like, his whole life. Right. <laughs> Mulder was meant to see the body, but it will never be tested. So he's only supposed to get a taste. He's not supposed to get the evidence itself. What they mm-hmm. want him to do is go public. And at that point, Mulder's like, doesn't even say anything, just like gets up and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't even notice this until like they're at the warehouse again, but Scully goes with him. <laughs> right. So they're just like, okay, Critchkow, get out of here. <laughs> they're like, I right, bye, we're just leaving. Critchkow was right. The body is gone. Berlansky, Berlansky, Berlansky. Whatever, they say his name finally. I wrote it down. I still don't know how to spell it right. Uh, But he's dead. Okay. Nobody moved. Nothing happened. No one cares. (laughs) Exactly. Mulder and Scully argue more, and Scully's like, look, 
It would be weird for Critchkow to guess all of the things that he guessed. It makes more sense that he is telling the truth. She tells him about the chimera cells in the ice that mm-hmm. Critchkow mentioned that were hybridized cells designed to make it look convincing. And this is when like Scully says believe the lie like five times. <laughs> I know. But Mulder's very stubbornly like, no, no, you're wrong. Like, he is lying. And she's like, do you really, like, this is a flip of, like, you're really going to believe this despite the evidence that we have against it? He's like, yes, obviously. That's my whole deal. <laughs> After, like, Scully is trying to tell Mulder this, and he says, she, he finally says, like, what did that guy say to you to make you believe this? Mm-hmm. And she says that... They gave, the, the men gave Scully cancer to make Mulder believe, I'm going to fight somebody. Like, right? do we have to do this? Like, right. why does every storyline about a woman have to involve a, like, I know. be actually in service of a man? You know what I mean? Right. Like, totally. Like, why can't it be about Scully? It, you have to make it about Mulder. Like, her own cancer isn't even about her. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what the hell? It's, she is facing death. And it's not even about her. It's about Mulder. <laughs> Literally, she's being killed for him. I yeah. would be so pissed. Yeah. I would be so pissed. Yeah. Like, what the hell, man? What, what the, the hell? hell? So that kind of sucks. Yeah. That does suck. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to continue to ignore this. <laughs> My God, what a mess. <laughs> uh, yes. As, as we have mentioned before... Chris Carter did mostly stumble backwards into writing Scully to be such a strong woman. <laughs> Chris Carter, stop writing women challenge. <laughs> yeah, they are just not good at it. <laughs> we are finally nexus scene to like catching up to like the current day. <laughs> finally. The- finally, finally. We got there. <laughs> it took 45 minutes and we're finally there. Mulder is watching the symposium that was on the TV when his body was found. He's crying, which <laughs> this is such an important moment for me because this is like a reaction image I use. It is crying. Yeah, you do use it a lot. I love it. I kind of so pointed at the TV because it was just like, oh, that's where I came from. <laughs> He's like. Crying, listening to like some symposium <laughs> with like Carl Sagan and a bunch of other. Dudes. He's listening to Carl Sagan wax poetic and crying. I love him Big so mood. much. Big mood. Oh my god, he's so good. <laughs> and I also love how like they uh, they must have put visine or something in his eyes to really yeah. just get those tear ducts flowing, like, really make him glisten. I'm a little suspicious of how that went organically. I don't think it did. <laughs> Which, like, fair enough. It's hard to cry on command. I don't think I could. Yeah. I do feel like crying is, like, the hardest acting move to really pull off. It's Oh, for sure. Like, it's up there. So Someone who, like, can do good crying, like Jillian can. Yeah. Like, it's incredible to watch. She's like, so good at crying, and, like, she also is just, like, a beautiful crier. Mm-hmm. Like... Gosh, she looks. She so really beautiful. knows how to like, like balance this sort of like trying to hold it back and also like it's still coming out. Right, she's good at holding that tension. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
And that's why I think it is like kind of messed up that they have like David Duchovny crying and then immediately <laughs> like cut to Jillian crying. Like they even have like the whole face, like they frame it so their faces match up in the shots. Right. And then like we watch him like kind of like because it always makes me laugh, which is nothing against David Duchovny. Also, it's his birthday, so happy birthday, David Duchovny. <laughs> <laughs> he would be a Leo. That tracks. They both are. That tracks. Her birthday is in two days. Oh my god. That tracks. Yes. This is why they get along so well, but also why they fight so bad. <laughs> exactly. It's the source you of got- both. They, they, Their birthdays are too close together. Like, Way too just- close together. Yeah, it explains so much if you think about oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Scully tearfully tells them that Mulder's dead. I'm just going to, we all know it. He's not dead. No. <laughs> we'll Love find out in like four weeks when, yeah. after a bonus episode. <laughs> what happened to him? <laughs> okay, our segments. First, as always. Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder! Mulder! Our Mulder rating? I'm gonna give him four. I don't think he was annoying. That cry face is so funny to me. <laughs> I love his I love the angst. I'm yeah. I'm digging it. He's he's like a, a normal level of annoying to me. Yeah, I'm gonna give him like a seven and a half because like the passive aggression of like not calling Scully over to do that autopsy like really bothered me actually. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, like even if y'all are kind of fighting, like why would you deny her the chance to do this autopsy? Why would you trust an autopsy from anyone else? Too, exactly. right? Like if you think about it, it's kind of like cheating, you know? Yeah, it kind of feels that way a little bit. So he gets like a seven and a half for me this episode. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Next we have... So uh, this must be the enigmatic Agent Scully. Scully's sassiest moment. I don't think she was like... There weren't a lot in this episode because she was just very like not okay and like walled off. But I really do did like whenever um, Mulder was kind of like ragging her about God and she was just like, I mean, I don't... (laughs) It was good. Yes. It was like very just like shutting him down. I really appreciated yes. that. So yeah, that was my favorite like Scully Saucy moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was mine too. Mm-hmm. But I do want to give an honorable mention slash I guess this is my actual pick is her telling her brother that the reason she didn't tell him about her cancer metastasizing <laughs> is because it was very personal. <laughs> That is like so bitchy. It's like, how was he supposed to take that? Like, <laughs> you know, Bill, you're on that boat. You got better things to worry about than your sister dying. I would be like, if like, I don't know, if that was me and my sister, I would be so pissed. I would just be like, <laughs> I know you have cancer right now, but I'm about to lay into you about how you're being an <laughs> asshole. Yes, it is like absolutely bonkers. I'm like kind of obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like wow wow Girl, like oh my god yeah i like kind of get it though i feel like i i don't know like it's it's hard to exactly pin down her motivations because it can be like a various number of things to mm-hmm. want to be that closed off right but to me I, I don't know like every time i have like personal news like i just i don't know how to just like 
tell someone, right? Like, right. I don't think you found out about my second niece for like a year. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, which was hilarious. I was like, wait, there's another way, a different one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you didn't, which is like kind of really funny. I mean, I understand this needing. This is a little different because it is death. Like, it right. is like, you can't. You can't just, like, suddenly die on someone. Right. You know what I mean? We're also, like, friends and not siblings, so there's that, too. Yeah. But it's yeah, also, like, true. I understand needing to take time to process things that are highly personal. But at some point, too, like, it is going to affect the other people in your life. And, like, you mm-hmm. sometimes they have a right they, they have a right to know. Mm-hmm. Um, At least know. And, like, that can be, like, a really hard thing to tell people. But it's also, like... You know, I don't know. I think I think you probably should tell your brother about your cancer diagnosis. Yeah, exactly. And lastly, we have... Welcome. You've got mail. Our 90th moment. And I kind of had trouble with this. I don't know if you mm-hmm. had one locked and loaded, but I have like a whole spiel, I feel like. I have, so you can go first. Yeah, I have a very specific one. It's going to be the establishing mountain shots because they're very much like um like these helicopter shots because like that's how because now we have drones right and you can get like Mm -hmm. super high quality drone footage and like it's very like smooth and not that these helicopter shots aren't smooth they are but you can kind of tell whenever it's a helicopter shot like panning around a mountain range and stuff it has mm-hmm. this very and like also because like this is before digital so it's also shot on film like you don't get that quality in those types you don't get those like that character not necessarily quality but that character in those types of shots now with like digital and drone footage and it's it's mm-hmm. very 90s to me because like i feel like that's whenever a lot of places like got like the budgets to do shots like that and like really kind of like took advantage of it like you know, like, the Lord of the Rings movies has a lot of them, obviously, for, like, obvious reasons, and it kind of feels mm-hmm. like that to me. It feels very 90s, even though, I mean, the Lord of the Rings was shot in the late 90s and early 2000s, so that would be why. But it's very 90s to me, just that that type of shot. So that was mine. It was something very, like, filmmaky. It wasn't really, like, plot-related. Yeah. Yeah, mine, mine like, is, I like, I always feel like I, this is a bit of a cop-out when I do this, but, like, mm-hmm. like the whole setup of the episode <laughs> is, like, very dated to me. Yeah. And, like, first of all, like, I think our conversations about aliens and, like, intelligent life is just totally different mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, like, I don't think it's a conversation the same way, like, this is, like, even the panel. Right. And in the panel that I, I watched the symposium. And they even said, like, in the 60s, it wasn't, they didn't have the information to even speculate about intelligent life. And now, like, they they kind of, like, talked about some of the advances in science, Mm -hmm. talking about, like, finding, uh, I think, amino acids on meteorites, uh, things like that. Like, things were, like, figuring out whether life can be supported outside the earth. Mm-hmm. understanding the scope of our universe was stuff that was like really nascent in like the 60s and 70s where mm-hmm. like that could be a conversation and i think that's kind of true in the 90s too like it it felt like a continuation but now like it just like first of all like doesn't really feel like a debate like right belief in intelligent life is like honestly pretty popular like whether you think aliens like existed whether you think ufos existed 
that's not really the question. Right. Like, there's this uh, poll. I have I, I did a bunch of Googling. <laughs> this is from, I think, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a, a survey of uh, about 10,000 U.S. adults. And it said about 65% of respondents said they think there is intelligent alien life on planets other than Earth. Mm-hmm. So that's like a pretty big number. Right. It's not like... I think the debate now is like less like, ooh, ali- or like the whole thing now is like, ooh, aliens and more of like an acceptance of there's no way we could be the only ones in the entirety exactly. of the universe. It's like very logical. It's very accepted yeah, exactly. now. It's not really a thing. And even like declassified military, uh, yeah, you know, documents, film, um, high level, like military officials even just coming out and saying like, we don't really know what this is. Like, yeah, I, by definition, it is a UFO. It is unidentified, and it's fine, and it's an object. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, even in that sense, it's like that's not debated. But at the same time, like, I feel like there's not this like they're immediate. They're coming this like soon. Like, this is an imminent yeah. thing that I feel like was like in the like mm-hmm. se- you know seventies, eighties, nineties. Very Cold War kind of attitude mm-hmm. that like. Was still around then, right? Like, it's the 90s. Like, Cold War just mm-hmm. ended. That, like, has really kind of dissipated now that we don't really feel that way yeah. anymore. It's it's so much... There's so much more noise, I feel mm-hmm. like. Because we have so many more news sources. We mm-hmm. have social media. We have this limitless... It's never-ending. Limitless amount of information at our fingertips. <laughs> and so, like, you could, like... It's it's not fringe, like it's not something like it's hidden away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are parts of alien belief that are still fringe and very crank, but but the the itself is like you know average Americans are like yeah, of course there are probably aliens. It doesn't make sense for it to not be real. So right, just that kind of conversation. I thought was I thought it was really interesting. It, it feels like a throwback to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can totally see that being very 90s. Mm-hmm. So that was our episode. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts, actually, because I already kind of talked about how I like it. So I predicted that you wouldn't like it. Yeah. And I would like to know you didn't. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was correct. I was like worried because I was like, I was so sure you weren't going to like it. And then for a minute, I was like, Maybe she, maybe she does. Maybe I actually don't <laughs> know Laura at all. You know, like. no, you know me pretty well. Um, this episode was kind of just like a classic Chris Carter episode for me. I don't know. I really don't like Chris Carter, and I don't. I can tell whenever he writes something because it just is very convoluted and it doesn't make very much sense. This episode, I think, atmospherically, like, is really good. Like the moodiness to it is great. There's. The plot makes no sense and is like so loosely yeah. tied that it's like really hard to follow. And then whenever I found out that he like re-edited the episode two days before it aired, <laughs> I was like, oh, that totally tracks. This definitely feels like a rough draft. You turned in like five minutes before the due the deadline and the like submission <laughs> link was gonna close. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Who hasn't? You know? But <laughs> You know, not hundreds of thousands of people aren't going to read those papers, right? But lots of people are going to watch this episode. Yeah. I really didn't like 
the tagline, like, Believe the Lie is really annoying to me. I really didn't like the whole, like, opening on Scully identifying Mulder's body and then the Mulder committing suicide. Like, of course we know that that's not what really happens, but even if, like, we didn't know that, I still wouldn't like it because it just feels very... I, like, I, I know he's trying to be misleading. He literally said, believe the lie. And it's like, no, I refuse yes. to believe the lie. You're <laughs> trying to sell me very poorly this entire yes. episode. Mm-hmm. I like it for Scully's character development the most. She's finally getting like, not finally, because I think there have been other mythologies that have been about her. But this is really about Scully. Like, right. Mulder's so marginal in it. And I do love that. Right. It's like about Scully, but it's almost as if the episode doesn't want to be about Scully, which is like kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But like, I do like how she is like hashtag not okay during the entirety (laughs) of it because she is dealing with this sort of like learning that her cancer is metastatic and not knowing how to deal with that because like obviously she in Memento Mori, she dealt kind of with mortality then. But it was more of the, like, it was, like, the earlier stages, like, you, when you don't know as much. But then, like, once you get something like a metastatic diagnosis, there's no coming back from being metastatic. It's gonna kill you eventually. It could be years, but, like, you don't really stop. You can, like, slow it down, but, like, it's it's gonna kill you. And so, like, that's, like, a whole different level of dealing with your mortality than before. And, like, of course she's not okay. And, of course, she's building up these walls. She's terrified. And I think Jillian does a fantastic job in this episode with that sort of heaviness to it. Mm -hmm. I do think that, like, because Mulder doesn't know, it obviously, like, creates the conflict it creates. But I feel like it that's kind of unnecessary like that conflict actually doesn't really need to be there like there could still be the conflict of him also dealing with this diagnosis like this step in the diagnosis like with him like knowing versus like he just comes off as an asshole because he doesn't know you know and it's like Mm -hmm. I don't know they could deal with the the conflict of like both of them trying to deal with this sort of like metastatic step and it would be like a more interesting conflict than what happened because the conflict what like the source of the conflict was like oh like Scully hasn't told him versus like oh they're both having a hard time dealing with this really hard news so yeah I thought it was fine (laughs) (laughs) I surprised myself in that I I think on paper I shouldn't like this episode right right? like plot's a mess plot is a mess we're retreading we're not even like we're kind of retreading ground but they are doing some interesting things but like fundamentally they don't really work because Mm -hmm. like the amount of negation you would have to do for like the rest of everything we've seen right so we've seen ships like are we just supposed to believe that like that's just US technology we have that they're hiding from like if you think too much about like the idea that like this has been a lie it's not it's not gonna work. It like, it's doesn't just... hold any water. Yeah, exactly. But if you think about it, instead of as like a narrative and more of like a concept, I think it's actually really interesting. Right? Yeah, I can see I that. I think the stuff of like framing Mulder's belief as a religion to him, I love that. Mm-hmm. We should have been doing this from the start. Right. <laughs> the angst I love. 
Uh, Scully just being a mess I love. Right. Mulder being a mess as always I love. Just, I really vibe with it. I really enjoy it. Uh, That's against, great. Against my better judgment. So the thing with, like, really long-running shows is, like, you kind of have to have, like, a short memory, right? Yeah. In the sense that, like, if something doesn't work, you kind of have to just set it aside or, like, the show is going to just frustrate you too much. Right. And so some of this, I do feel like some of the mythology is kind of measuring how well you can do this. (laughs) (laughs) How well you can be a goldfish. I think for me, like, if, if something's working for me, I'll still enjoy it. Even with all yeah. of the other hangups about the episode, I think I can still get a lot of joy out of that. And that probably is because I have seen so many network <laughs> TV shows in my life and they have some absolute garbage. Yep. Some of the worst TV I've ever seen in my life. And some of the absolute gems, I've like the best episodes of TV I've ever seen in my life. And to me, it's about the, like, that's the fun of it. It's about mm-hmm. like I'm like a spelunker. I'm I'm going through this catalog. I'm finding <laughs> the duds. I'm finding the gems, and I'm deriving joy from that experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's why this episode works for me because like I have that propensity to do that, but I also get that plenty of other people don't. Right, and I I think that it's totally great that you are able to derive that type of enjoyment from it because I don't think that everyone has to experience the episode the same way. Yeah. Like, that's just ridiculous. There's a lot of, like, elements that, like, aren't that great that you're still able to kind of, like, enjoy it as a mm-hmm. as a myth arc episode and just as an episode in general. I think that, like, there's, like, strong seeds in it, but to me it just, like, didn't get flushed out in a, in a way that mm-hmm. it deserved. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very interesting, the idea of, like, because I, I feel like a lot of, like, TV people on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. So the conversation about like 20 episode runs per season is like something I see a lot. I have a lot of opinions about. I have wisdom mm-hmm. before <laughs> on this mm-hmm. podcast. But it is like, it is like a completely different experience. And I think, yeah, I think for people who are younger or like just haven't watched as much network TV, they kind of don't get that. And I honestly feel like that's half my motivation of the podcast is like, <laughs> I want to show you this great show. I know it has a lot of clunkers. And so if you want to just skip them, you can. It's, it really isn't a ruin the experience that much. I understand not everybody wants to be a spelunker like me. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, love the episode. I hope everyone else liked it <laughs> I or got something from it, I guess. Yeah, got something from Whether it. Whether it's laughing at Chris Carter's writing, <laughs> which is fair enough. Or just, like, being an angst connoisseur like I am. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely full of angst. Uh, angst sommelier. I am, I'm swishing it around in my glass. I'm Letting smelling it. it th- I'm getting the notes. Taking a, I'm swishing it in my mouth and I'm spitting it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, that's, that's some angst. That's some good angst. <laughs> Want to say... Summer of of ninety seven grapes. Um, <laughs> I'm getting wafts of uh, future uh, bedside crying. Mm-hmm. Um, some deathbed confessions, possibly. Lots of potential <laughs> in this wine. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that was the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have finished season four. Yay! Love season four. Love season um, four. 
I guess we'll have a wrap-up in our bonus episode, so I won't say too much about it. Also, because I kind of forgot that I need to do, like, some sort of wrap-up thoughts. I'm like, what is even in this season? We did have that, like, f a bit of a break, so I kind of, like... <laughs> right. Looking back, I'm like, when did we <laughs> talk about season four opening? You know? Like, it's been a while. We've been yeah. on season four for a while. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we did have, like, a, a pretty big break in between, but yeah. Yeah, and we had a lot of episodes in season four. Mm -hmm. Twelve. That's, like, half the season, That's half actually. the season, yeah. <laughs> so, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're Contentious Truth on Twitter. If you'd like to email us, we're Truthpod at gmail.com. I, I, I think this episode will come out after we record the bonus episode, so hopefully you have sent questions. I will tweet about it if anyone has any questions for the bonus episode. So for our season four wrap-up slash bonus episode, I kind of struggle to think of what to <laughs> talk about for this. And I think I settled on, we're going to do like a kind of, uh, we're going to watch Contact. Oh, yeah. The, uh, actually, I don't know what the year that came out. I think it came out in 97. I think it was the same year. Okay. That's actually perfect. I'm like this pretty is confident it came out in 97. July 11th, 1997. This is chronologically fits with watching as a bonus episode. Yep. Yeah, so we're going to talk about it kind of a... It's a long movie. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. It. It's, yeah. It, like, I watched Contact as a as a little young, young child, and it influenced <laughs> me to become a scientist, so... Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We, we did talk about this before, but I did watch it at, like, church... Which is kind hilarious of to, to me, me, but yeah, we can dive into that. Yeah, <laughs> but it is like I think I would get a lot more out of it watching it now yeah. than I did as a kid. <laughs> I didn't like fully understand the politics of it whenever I first watched it. Like obviously, um, but mm -hmm. I've watched it several times since then. I I love Contact, so I'm really excited to talk about it. My backup '90s moment was actually Carl Sagan. Like Carl Sagan was like so big in the '90s, right? I mean, he died yeah. then, but like. That's kind of why, like, he, you know, had the whole Cosmos series and Contact is based off of, like, his book that he wrote with his mm. wife. Exactly. And, yeah, it's fantastic. So, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about it because it really fits narratively with this episode. Mm -hmm. So, that's going to be our nice episode and then we will be back with season five after that. So, yeah. Exciting things happening. Anyway, hope everyone enjoyed the episode, and I hope everyone has a nice weekend. Yep.